times of social unrest and political ambiguity can flower some of history's greatest musicians, comedians, and artists. The tumultuous 1960s and 70s gave us the prophetic poet Jill Scott Heron, who coined the phrase, the revolution will not be televised, while watching political demonstrations on the evening news with a group of friends. For Jill Scott Heron and other prophets, the revolution or the kingdom of God in Jesus's words or the kingdom of heaven or the reign of God does not happen on screens gawked at by dispassionate observers. For those prophets, including people like the Blessed Virgin Mary, Oscar Romero, and Prathia Hall, the revolution or the coming or the advent of God, and as we know, advent just means coming, is something we participate in. John the Baptist expected that the advent or coming of Christ would not be televised. And I don't say that just because he existed before television. John expected to be a front row witness to God's revolutionary power at work in his cousin, Jesus. But he was still Jesus's cousin. And with that comes complexity. The Reverend Verzola Law, a pastor and friend of mine, is known for saying, dysfunctional family is redundant. <laughs> Dysfunction just means this is how we function. <laughs> I always find a way to work that into a sermon. This is how we function. And in Jesus' dysfunctional family, triangulation takes center stage. Instead of having Jesus visit him face-to-face -face in prison, cousin John sends third cousin Patty to ask Aunt Cheryl if she wouldn't mind asking cousin Jesus. You know how families work. Are you the one we have been waiting for, or should we wait for another? The waiting of which John speaks is not pious patience. It is the kind of waiting you do in Whole Foods or King Supers when you have six minutes to get to that holiday party. It is the kind of waiting that makes you wonder if every possible force of sluggishness is at work against you in that long, oppressive line. It is the kind of waiting that occurs when that spouse has yet to turn a corner in their behavior and you just know that this argument will, must be the last. It is the kind of waiting that occurs in hospital lobbies and morgues when you can feel the answer before the doctor or coroner opens her mouth. And it is this kind of waiting John is engaged in in prison. He has baptized his cousin Jesus and expects him to be the one to usher in a new era of justice for their people. 
to be the one who will knock the oppressive Romans off their backs. John is one for whom revolution will not be televised. Then Jesus turns John's, are you the one we've been waiting for, on its head and says, are you the ones we have been waiting for? Go report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the crippled are walking, lepers are healed, the dead are raised, the poor have what they need. What are you waiting for? Are you the ones you've been waiting for? And then Aunt Cheryl and third cousin twice removed Patty leave and Jesus is exasperated with the whole situation and asks the remaining crowd, when you went out to see John in the wilderness at the edge of empire, what did you expect? The revolution is not televised. What did you expect? Just ask those whose lives have been transformed by God's mercy, those for whom a new tenderness has opened, a new capacity for love has taken root, or those for whom a soured relationship has taken a turn for the better. About this, one theologian says, the advent, will not be televised. It will be lived out in the prophetic witness of the people of God through which oppressive power structures are resisted and reversed, as we just heard in Mary's Magnificat, sung so beautifully by our choir. On August 9th, 1956, in Pretoria, South Africa, Thousands of South African women marched to government buildings to demand an end to the apartheid government's pass laws, as they were called, that prohibited black people from entering certain areas designated for white people. After delivering petitions signed by over 100,000 people to the office of the South African Prime Minister, the women stood in complete silence. Talk about contemplative activism. Complete silence. 20 to 40,000 people, women, outside of this office for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Prime Minister Stridgedom, they said, you have tampered with the women You have struck a rock. And with that, the silence broke. 22 years later to the day, American June Jordan recited a poem of her own commemorating that women's march, saying the following. And who will join this standing up? And the ones who stood without sweet company will sing and sing back into the mountains and if necessary, even under the sea. We are the ones we have been waiting for. It is Mary in her Magnificat 
who places her hand to her stomach and says, we are the ones we have been waiting for. It is Elizabeth who in her confusion and excitement pauses and realizes we are the ones we have been waiting for. It is the crocus in the middle of the wilderness which blossoms and says, we are the ones we have been waiting for. The advent of Jesus, his coming again as holy bread and wine, as the poor, as the ill, as the displaced, as the one at the edge, keeps us on high alert and can frustrate us in our waiting. And then we extend our palms before us and are quickened by the Holy Spirit who refreshes our memories and whispers, we, we are the ones we have been waiting for. Amen.